0: 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Are you tired of being tied to your company and longing for freedom and flexibility? Discover the secrets to designing a self-sustaining business that can run smoothly even when you're not in the driver's seat. Join me as I talk with Mike Michalowicz about creating a business that can effectively run itself, allowing you to focus on what matters most to you. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth-running organization. But there always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello and welcome to BizHelp for you with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining me today. If you missed my last episode and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on my social media pages as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. If you'd like to receive notifications on when my podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. Now let's learn a little bit about my guest today. By his 35th birthday, Mike Michalowicz had founded and sold two multimillion dollar companies. Confident that he had the formula to success, he became a small business angel investor and proceeded to lose his entire fortune. Then he started all over again, driven to find better ways to grow healthy, strong companies. Mike has devoted his life to the research and delivery of innovative, impactful entrepreneurial strategies to share with you. Today, Mike leads two new multimillion dollar ventures as he tests his latest business research for his books. He's a former small business columnist for the Wall Street Journal and business makeover specialist on MSNBC. Mike is a popular main stage keynote speaker and innovative entrepreneur. Entrepreneurial topics, and is the author of All In, Get Different, Fix This Next, Clockwork, Profit First, Surge, The Pumpkin Plan, The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, and My Money Bunnies. <laughs> Fabled author Simon Sinek deemed Mike McCallowitz the top contender for the patron saint of entrepreneurs. So, Mike, welcome to the show.
1: I think the interview's over with that bio. My guy. <laughs> <God. Yeah, laughs> uh, clearly, I wrote that one and loved myself a lot. <laughs>
0: It's good to be with you, Candy. I'm excited to have you here today, too. And I did just give a bunch of information about you, but do you want to just talk briefly about anything else I didn't cover that led you on your entrepreneurial journey?
1: I think something that would be of value is my purpose. It's to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. And what I found, Candy, for myself, and I discovered, oh, I'm not alone on this. So many business owners go into business for personal freedom, do what you want when you want. financial freedom to not worry about bills that's what Mm -hmm. we envision but the reality is we're way off that we are financially struggling we could make more money working a job and Mm -hmm. we don't have any personal freedom that's all we do this gap is what i call entrepreneurial poverty and it's it's ubiquitous unfortunately across so many small businesses so many people struggle from this and i did too And devoted myself after having that great collapse as an angel investor. I actually call myself now the angel of death because I was so bad at it. But in retrospect, I said, oh, my gosh, this is the greatest lesson. I don't really understand many elements about business. So the reason I'm an author and wrote all those books and have many more coming is I'm trying to discover the solutions for the things I don't really understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I do today. And, and that's why I'm so motivated to help other entrepreneurs because I think books are the greatest, most inexpensive resource, dollar for dollar. I don't think anything can touch a book on knowledge. And, right. and that's why I, I devote myself to writing hopefully impactful, hopefully great books.
0: Exactly. Well, in the book that we're discussing today shares a way to change your business efficiency by using one word. So what is that word and why is it so impactful?
1: So, if The word is shareholder.
0: It's bizarre
1: because people are like, well, I don't get it. So let me give some context. Most entrepreneurs, Candy, call themselves entrepreneurs. And and the real simple test is when you're in an Uber ride and the driver says, oh, so what do you do? How do you respond? Many people say, I own a business or I'm an entrepreneur. That does, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, as much as I love entrepreneurship, I mean, it's the essence of what I'm about, is the words become bastardized and equated to hustle and grind. And there's actually some very... Of popular celebrity type people, as it's all about the hustle. And Mm -hmm. that was never, never what entrepreneurship was defined as. Entrepreneurship is someone who takes a risk to achieve a vision and organizes resources, choreographs those technologies, people, all these different things to make a vision a reality. I believe the ultimate job of an entrepreneur is not to do the job, but is to be a creator of jobs. Mm -hmm. So here's the challenge I invite people to use next time that Uber driver turns around and they say, what do you do? Say I'm a shareholder of a small business and mm-hmm. the Uber driver, make sure they're holding that wheel tight. because they I'll be like, what the what? It won't make <laughs> sense, but here's what a shareholder means. A shareholder is someone who takes risk by investing in a business, either through sweat equity or cash and gives it strategic vision to make that vision a reality. I own stock in Ford. I give a direction by doing votes for who's on the board. If they're going to build some new structures, new facilities, move a plant, the shareholders vote. So I'm an owner in the business. But when I get that profit check, I don't come running down to the factory and say, how do I earn this? I don't work for Ford. I've invested in it. As a small Mm -hmm. business owner, we've invested in our business. Now, to be clear, it's necessary for many of us for a period of time to work in the business. But we need to be deliberately extracting ourselves from day one. And if you Mm -hmm. use the word entrepreneur, which I'm, again, proud of that term, it does mean hustle and grind for most of us. And therefore, our identity stays with, I guys push myself more. If we start calling ourselves a shareholder of a small business, we start seeing ourselves as an owner and we extract ourselves from the business and do our most important job of creating jobs. So try it out. I'll tell you the first time you use it, it's going to be awkward. The hundredth time it'll be awkward, but somewhere around the thousandth time where I'm at, it becomes rote. And now it's my Mm -hmm. identity. And I don't endeavor to work in the business. I endeavor to be the designer of the outcomes. Now, one last little caveat. My businesses now can operate themselves. But as a shareholder, I did vote myself to be a spokesperson because I love what we're doing right now. So I want right. to be on, in front of the camera talking about stuff like this. And I love writing books. So I'm a mm-hmm. spokesperson and I'm a writer. We have other people who also speak on the topics I write about. And we have other writers now, other authors, a collective of them who've written books right back there. I, you have, we have the right to reinsert ourselves in the business once the business doesn't need us. And that's the key.
0: Right. So, you do mention at clockwork what we're talking about today that a business owner should be taking a four week vacation and that it's imperative for the business to be successful. So, can you explain that? Because people are probably thinking, what? What do you yeah, mean? Yeah. I need to be yeah. in it.
1: You're right, Candy. And when I share that with people, they have sometimes like a little bit of an emotional heart attack like, this guy's insane. If you have that response, that means you're a linchpin to the company. And that's a dangerous position to be in. Because mm-hmm. sometimes a fortification is forced upon us. If you have a health scare or you have care for family, now is your business going to collapse? And that is the worst position to be in. When I was growing up as a kid, my grade school, my high school too, had fire alarm drills. It wasn't because there was a fire. It's because we were preparing for the inevitable. And so the alarm would go off. We would stand up. And now rules have changed. But back in the day, we'd stand up in single file, march out behind the teacher, and we go to a safe spot, and we'd sit there, wait for the fire to be cleared before we could re-enter the building. We did this dozens of times, hundreds of times, and we had a real fire. Now, Mm -hmm. I was much older, but I was in the building. The alarm went off. Everyone just, okay, it's another drill. Everyone got out safely, and the fire, which could have been catastrophic, hurt no one, hurt the building, but it hurt no one. So a section of the building had a, a problem, but everyone else was fine and the reason was because we rehearsed this. The four-week vacation is us deliberately leaving the business for four weeks, four consecutive weeks, annually. We pull physical and digital disconnect to test the business's ability to run in our absence. Now, the reality is first time you do this, there's likely going to be problems. It's not going to be perfect. Your business won't collapse, and you can build your way to this. Maybe take a week's vacation to test it and then expand two, then three, then four weeks. But what will happen is the problems that present themselves are the things you need to fix for the next Mm -hmm. go around and you leave for four weeks again. The other resistance, I guess, but my employees or my vendors or my contractors will say, gosh, I'm on the beach, you know, drinking Coronas and they're in the sweatshop, I'm milking them. But the
0: reality Mm -hmm.
1: is, it's the ultimate form of empowerment. You're turning the keys to your colleagues. You're showing them the ultimate form of trust. So what's so interesting is I've been doing this now in my sixth year or maybe even seventh of taking four-week vacations. And when I do, my team says, my gosh, Mike, the owner, trusts me. And mm-hmm. we've got this. When I returned, and this was the ultimate lesson, after my first ever four-week vacation six or seven years ago, came back and said, on a one to 10, how badly do you need me here? One is, we don't need you. 10, stop talking, start working, we're desperate. And they gave me a 1.1. 1. 1. They basically said, <laughs> we don't need you. We kind of like you, so you can stick around, Mike. But they were mm-hmm. empowered. So- What's so interesting about this fortification is it empowers your business and also gives you that personal freedom that we always thirsted for.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and I think as employers, we think, well, if we're taking this time off, people are going to like be questioning us and well, why does she get to, we're here working so hard, you know, but like you said, if you look at it from the opposite side of the coin, you're actually empowering them to do their job and they can do it without you having to be there. Right.
1: So it's the ultimate form of decision empowerment, meaning they can't come to you and say, hey, bossy boss, what should I do? They're empowered to make decisions. That's a big deal because they're now determining the trajectory of the business. That feels great. And they can Mm -hmm. express and try new elements themselves. Secondly, role empowerment, meaning intentionally or not, we as a business owner will often intercede and do things that the employees could or should be doing. But by extracting ourselves, now they have to step into those roles. So all those gaps, the wake we leave behind us gets filled in very quickly. So it is mm-hmm. empowerment. Right. I think the key is to also educate your team, saying, I'm taking a 4 vacation. So obviously, yeah, I, I would like to take a vacation. But the real reason is I want a business that you guys run and not me constantly being the superhero, so to speak, and swooping in. We need a business that can run without us. This will elevate mm-hmm. the business and elevate your roles. And if you're integral and honest about that front, I think you'll find your team, just like my team, will rally around you and actually get excited about it.
0: Right. Well, I've read your book twice now, and I'm actually starting Thank to you. implement this myself. And I told You're my right. team at the last team meeting, actually, I said, I need to do this too, because I'm the bottleneck, right? I'm the one that it, has to like, double check everything and you know yep. make sure the proposals are correct. or you know. And I want to change that. And I think they're on board with that too, because they do see that sometimes things take a little bit longer because of everything I'm doing. That's which,
1: the funniest thing. Mm-hmm. I just want to share this, that the business owner often is the choke point or the slow point for the business. So when right. we remove the owner, you may be surprised the business speeds up. And one of the case studies I have in the book is this guy, Greg, he left he left for a year. But mm-hmm. what was so interesting, he has a business in architectural design and, and building construction. He left for a year. The business doubled in its growth in his absence. It, it exploded. And when mm-hmm. he looked back, he said, my gosh, I was the choke point. I was the bottleneck. Right slowing everything down. It had to be approved by me. Now, the Mm -hmm. interesting thing is he came back to, he said, oh, I saw fractures that I could fix. There wasn't redundancy. There wasn't checks and balances in his own business. And he implemented those in his next vacation. The business was even stronger and healthier. So that's the other advantage is you expose weak spots in your business that you can't see when you're naturally just trying to fix it automatically.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and to be able to offload things from ourselves, because of course we do too much, right? You talk about yeah. the four Ts. So why don't you say what those four Ts are and why they're so important? Yeah,
1: so this is a form of alleviating or transferring work. So when you do work and we start the delegation process, we need to evaluate all the different tasks we're responsible for. What's interesting is some tasks can simply be tracked Meaning there's certain things that we're doing in the business that just aren't necessary, but maybe history dictates it. For example, I was sending out a newsletter. I was writing it myself. It took a lot of time. This was pre-chat GPT. I'm sending out (laughs) these newsletters, and one month, I, I actually just forgot to do it. I didn't put my calendar, and I didn't do it. And no one said, boo. I didn't get a single email saying, where's your newsletter? And that was the realization that eight hours a month were being wasted and could be trashed. Trim is something that we still have to do ourselves. For example, I still write my own books. So I'm required to do that, but I can trim a lot of responsibility. I don't need to do what's called developmental editing or proofreading or copy edit. I can build a team around me. In the beginning, I did that, but now in correlation with the partner, it's my publisher, they take that workload off me and I can do my core competency. That's a trim. Ideally, we Mm -hmm. want to do transfers. Transfers is where we give work that we are doing ourselves to other people. And ideally, redundancy, so multiple people are doing it. So just going back to that book example, I write my own books, but I said, how do we have a greater impact on the world and get more books in circulation? Well, maybe I have other authors. So within the profit-first domain, but this is also true for the pumpkin plant, is I have other authors who've written derivative versions, profit-first mm-hmm. for dentists, profit-first for retail stores. And now there's many authors out there promoting the brand, the concepts. They're all driving personal benefit, but I was able to transfer the responsibility of writing all those books to others and it's a win-win exposure for the brand they're gaining personal recognition the last Mm -hmm. thing is treasure there's certain things we do that we actually love to do and it gives us joy so we're in business in part for financial freedom make money and personal freedom but also it can be a source of joy our job i love as Mm -hmm. i share being the spokesperson so that is something i cherish and i do now i do redundancy there's other spokespersons for the work in our domain but i'm the lead spokesperson and I think that gives me the most joy and that we all need to recognize that too. Whatever gives us
0: mm-hmm. joy. You mentioned the four Ds. Do you mm. want to briefly touch on that as well? Yeah,
1: yeah. The Ds <laughs> are the different phases a business is involved in, which it must always be involved in. But the entrepreneur, the owner needs to transition over time to the highest D. Before I reveal what they are, this came from a conversation I had with Michael Gerber. Michael Gerber famously wrote the book "Emyth." He mm-hmm. and I keynoted at the same event Years, this is like a decade ago. And we went to dinner together in Mexico, of all places. And we're sitting there. And I said, Hey, Michael, I love Emith. It's it's a necessary read. And anyone listening in right now, you got to read this book if you haven't. The core Mm -hmm. thesis is don't work in your business, work on your business. I said, It's an amazing book. Where do you find readers struggle? And he looked at me and he said, You know where readers struggle is they think it's a flip of the switch. If I work in the business long enough, one day I can work on the business. And he goes, That's a fundamental flaw. It's a fallacy. We can't do that because it's more of a throttle. We have to slowly remove ourselves from the in to move to the on. It's like, oh, how do you do that? And that's where I wrote clockwork. There's four distinct stages. First stage is doing the work. That's working in the business. You're delivering the services or product, or you're doing the administrative management behind the services and products, sales, so forth. Then we can move from doing to deciding. Deciding is where we direct other people to take action, but we decide for them. It's one brain, multiple arms, if you will. Many businesses (laughs) get trapped here where it's the one genius of the business, the owner, and there's three or four people around the business that are doing work, but they keep coming back saying, what should I do now? You experience that, you're in a deciding mode, and that's a trap. Most businesses won't get past three employees or four because of that. The next level is delegation. Most people confuse this. Delegating is where we don't assign tasks. We assign outcomes. Here's what this company wants to achieve. Here's our best practice historically, how we get there. You can use it, but find your way to get there, but always get us there. It's entrusting Mm -hmm. our colleagues to use what's on their shoulders, that brain of theirs, to navigate to the outcome. That's delegation, true delegation. The highest level is design. Design is where we work on the strategic direction of a business. And probably the number one strategy that's most overlooked is defining what the business outcome is in the next three or five or 10 years, and what's the individual outcomes for the employees in the next three, five, or 10 years. What do people want to achieve individually? I want to learn Spanish. I want to buy a house, whatever it is. Most leaders don't know that, and we need to know that for our individual team. Then our job is to choreograph, align the achievement of individual goals along with the corporate goal, because now we become empowered my gosh, I'm working toward buying that house one day. Let's get this done. Let's build this business. I'm not suggesting the business is buying the house. I'm just saying it keeps that dream on the forefront of their mind, realizing that their job in part is fulfilling a dream of theirs. And that gets them excited, everyone excited because their personal dreams are being achieved that the corporate dream comes true.
0: Right. Well, we have just barely scratched the surface of this, but I know time is short today. You've got some commitments as well, too. And so I appreciate your taking the time just to chat with us briefly on this topic. So I would love for you just to share, how can our listeners connect with you if they want to find out more information?
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah, we did the scratch the surface. As you shared, I'm a former columnist for the Wall Street Journal, and I used to work with MSNBC. You can go to Mike Motorbike, as in the motorcycle. Now, the reason it's Mike Motorbike is because my last name is Michalowicz and no one can spell it. So go to Mike Motorbike. It'll take you to my actual website. And there you'll find every book that I've written, free chapter downloads. And I don't just give away like just a a sample chapter. I give away the stuff that you'll see results in. That's what I believe a good giveaway is. So you'll see actual results if you choose to read those. I also have my articles from the Wall Street Journal there, keynotes. and I have my own podcast, all at MikeMotorbike.com, all for free.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you, Mike, for joining me today and just starting to chat about clockwork. And I am looking forward to chatting again in the future, too, when your new book comes out. And I just really appreciate your sharing your wisdom.
1: Me too. Candy, it's been a joy. Thanks for having me.
0: And to you, the listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you found this discussion interesting and you enjoyed the topic of designing your business to run itself. Would you please share my show with those you know and leave a review on your favorite platform? I'd really appreciate your support. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Mike at the link that he shared or send us a message at media at abandp.com. I hope you can join me for my next interview. And remember, you can connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and my website is abnp.com. This episode is sponsored by Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services. If you're overwhelmed trying to handle the financial aspects of your business, AB&P is here to help. Contact us today to discuss your needs at 310 534 5577 or contact at abnp.com. My team and I are eager to assist you. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening to BizHelp for You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next time. Have a terrific day.